this is Ashley Mazurik, and welcome back to the Balanced Body Podcast. First and foremost, I want to just uh, just say I appreciate everyone that is spending their time listening to this podcast, especially choosing to listen to mine. Uh, your time is very valuable. It's one of the most precious things that I have in my life is my time. It's so important, and I judge what I do with my time um, very strongly. Today, we're going to talk about the Gardasil vaccine, which is for the HPV virus, the human papilloma virus. We're going to talk about healthy vaccines, what that means. Yeah, who would have thunk it? is there a healthy vaccine? Um, Which is kind of why when people say they aren't against vaccines, yeah, because they're for the healthy ones. Uh, I, when I say I'm against vaccines, I'm specifically saying I'm a, I'm against any vaccine that has uh, some damaging components that would potentially cause harm down the road. Uh, I have a moral code, and one of my moral codes are do no harm, especially when there's an intention and a knowing behind the harm. Um, When you put uh, a toxic, a neurotoxic chemical in something, you can't knowingly think that nothing is going to happen to that person, especially when it's a hundred times the limit that an adult should be given by way of injection specifically, for sure. Yeah, so that's my big rant. So today it's about educating on, on these things. Obviously, I, don't, I won't take too long, but it's important that uh, you also know this isn't my information, is information I have gotten from uh, the documentary that was put out called The Truth About Vaccines 2020. So uh, Gardasil, it is a quadrivalent vaccine intended to guard against the human papilloma virus, specific types 6, 11, 16, and 8. That's why they call it a quadrivalent. It is against the virus that has about 100 strains. It also has aluminum in it, which is a neurotoxin, and that is in there. Uh, what is being said, it is to stimulate the immune system. The Gardasil is for protection against sexually transmitted diseases, warts, genital warts. Uh, This is given to infants. I didn't know infants were sexually active. That's what makes this kind of interesting as to a question that can arise is if babies aren't sexually active, why are we giving them a vaccine that is for sexually transmitted diseases? Interesting. It's also supposed to uh, uh, prevent cervical cancer. Uh, And so this particular vaccine targets uh, only two uh, types. And so... It was to stop cancer and prevent against warts, 
there are actually two strains out of 100 that the, HA, the HPV is protecting against. That's it. So again, we go back to the idea behind the sexual transmitted. Why are we giving this to infants? If it's prevent cervical cancer, why are we giving this to boys? I didn't know boys had cervixes. Uh, again, these are just questions and curious questions because why would we give something to someone when we knowingly, when we know that it won't help? And if there's adjuvants in there that cause nervous system detriment or harm, then why would we choose to give that to a child? And so we speak to Dr. Neil Miller. And his research shows that the HPV infection was actually increased after giving the vaccine by 3.7%. Again, this is just all information. We need to educate ourselves on what these vaccines that are now out there, the ones that are out there right now, what they're currently doing. In 2016, the vaccine has reduced the incidence of HPV strains, but it has also created new violent strains and are being created by this vaccine. So it's somewhat reducing the incidence of, of, of HPV strains, but new new violent ones are coming out as a result. So again, that kind of goes back to what we talked about previous in the previous podcast uh, when we were specifically uh, talking about the fluent, the influenza and, you know, when they create the flu vaccine specifically in cases, the mutation has happened and they got the strain wrong and they're giving the vaccine anyway. Uh, we In the last podcast, we talked about the Hep B vaccine, which was given to babies at 12 hours uh, old. And, and basically the Hep B was for, you know, sexually transmitted users, drug users. Um, and also we found out that the Hep B vaccine has about... 225 micrograms of aluminum. And we also, with that information, know that the safe limit for any adult is 25 micrograms maximum. So reiterating that past podcast information, we're getting 100 times what we should be getting. And this is to little tiny babies that are very vulnerable with compromised immune systems now. So back to Gardasil, which is the vaccine for the HPV virus. It was tested for two years, two years only, on 1,100 girls, only girls. And, but they're giving it to boys, but it wasn't tested on boys. So um, what, they, what we, we need to remember, though, is... Uh, with that license to give this Gardasil out, I just want to reiterate the minimum amount of research that was done before they started giving it to millions and millions of little babies. And so some would say, uh, 
some would say that Gardasil is one of the most dangerous vaccines out there because it has the highest concentration of aluminum, a neurotoxin on the market. Uh, the packaging says it is a side fit. There is a side effect that you may lose consciousness. Consciousness that's within the brain. And the reason that they put that on the label is because there were so many incidences of people losing consciousness. It has proven to be the vaccine that has the most amount of ER visits and deaths of, well, specifically in 2014, there were 180 confirmed deaths. And in 2016, it had, incre it had increased to 250 deaths. And so Diane Harper uh, says that the rate of serious adverse events is greater than the incident rate of cervical cancer with this Gardasil. The incident of cervical cancer in the U.S. is so low that if we get the vaccine and continue pap screening, we will not lower the rate of cervical cancer in the U.S. of A., so the question is, then why are we giving this vaccine? And also it is said that there, the research has shown that there hasn't been a single case to prove that the HPV uh, virus has prevented cervical cancer. Again, let me say that again. There are no studies to show that the HPV virus Gardasil has prevented cervical cancer. That is a big, bold statement to be announcing. And so it raises the, the overall arching question, why are we giving this with all the side effects that it has? We talked about the minimal amount of research of two years and a thousand girls only that was done. But they also uh, used aluminum as the placebo against Gardasil, not saline, which is very interesting, which you know goes to show you why you know the, they're trying to manipulate the effects. They stopped the early, this, they stopped the actual study early uh, in that two-year pattern because they found such a small incidence of cer cervical dysplasia. In other words, it wasn't proving to be what it, over, it promised. And so proof be told, there are no more deaths from the HPV than, um, but the, no more, than cervical cancer. But the studies show that Gardasil has increased, it actually has increased cervical cancer by 40%. It has not decreased it at all. So it's unfortunate that um, people who have to deal with these side effects, there is no recourse. There's no way they have the ability to sue doctors, pediatricians, the vaccine, the organization that makes the vaccine, any company that has to do with the vaccine because in 1986, Ronald Reagan passed the Vaccine Injury Compensation Act. Basically, the vaccine companies were not making much money 
at that time, there were only 10 vaccines being suggested by the CDC. And so they weren't, it wasn't a big moneymaker. And so they were getting sued quite a bit though, and they were losing money. So they went to the, went to Congress and said, you know, we're going to shut down these manufacturing of any uh, vaccines at all. And you guys are going to be out of luck if something happens uh, because we're not going to be making any more of these drugs. Uh, we're losing way too much money unless you do something for us. And so then that's when the Compensation Act was was created and now nobody can sue for anything. And uh, at that point, just after there was then the vaccines went from 10 to 69 because obviously now they, they, if they're protected and we've got approximately 270 vaccines in the pipeline going forward, not only for children, not only for uh, adolescents, not only for infants, but also for adults, as we're aware with this pandemic that everybody's searching for a vaccine for COVID-19, a vaccine. And if we don't ask the questions, what's in it and what studies have been done for the negative effects, then you can't, you can't be mad down the road because there is a lot of sources out there that are educating on us on why vaccines are not a good idea. And so we also have something positive to talk about, which is natural immunization. But don't forget, just this morning I heard on the TV, uh, they were talking about immunization versus vaccination. Don't forget, immunization it is seems more like a positive word, but you can't use immunization in the same word as with a vaccine because a vaccine is very, vaccination is very different from immunization. Immunization is your own body's natural ability to protect itself by getting a virus or a disease. It creates the natural immunity for the for your lifetime. Vaccination is an injection of all kinds of antibiotics, preservatives, embryos, animal brains, adjective, adjective, adjectives, additives, all of those things added that are toxic that create a limited immunity, which then makes you dependent on more boosters and vaccinations to continue the uh, protection. That doesn't seem like a good idea. That seems like, I, I think of multi-level marketing when I think about that. I think of a really good product that comes out like uh, the Nespresso comes out with what a great product. And now you're dependent on buying all these aluminum plastic containers with coffee in it in order to use it. What a great marketing gig. So what's what's being done in India and what it which is the and also was done in Cuba was they're using homeoprophylaxis and that's a, a natural immunization. Well, they call it HP for short. It's a homeopathic immunization, homeoprophylaxis. And so it's been around for over 200 years. It's it's administered orally. It's made from animal, mineral products, and vegetable products. Now, that sounds way better 
than human embryos, pig's brain, monkey brains, uh, organs from the dead, antibiotics, antifreeze, formaldehyde. Oh my God, what sounds better? So there aren't any additives, adjectives, uh, foreign mediums in these homeoprophylaxis uh, immunization shots that are given to people. And a lot of studies have been done to affirm the effectiveness, case in point. That's the difference. So there was an interesting um, example of these homeoprophylaxis that was done in Cuba. Uh, there was a, uh, during hurricane season, so there's high rain, high amounts of rain and winds, which creates something called leptospirosis. And so in this, in this population of 2.5 million people, to prevent them from getting the disease called leptospirosis, they, which can be an ep epidemic, um, they administered this homeoprophylactis that had zero side effects. And the outcome was extremely positive. And what they ended up finding was that in regions that use the homeoprophylaxis, there was a reduction of leptospirosis. And in regions where they vaccinated, where they were able to vaccinate, there was an actual increase in leptospirosis. Lots of studies have proved this process to be way better. And so question is, is why aren't we doing this? India, it is the only way. It is what they do. And so let's continue to talk about positive things that we can do to create immunization within our body, which is that natural lifelong immunity that helps us fight against potential future diseases and, um, and naturally. So breastfeeding, they've shown that breastfeeding helps reduce meningitis. It's a, it's a lifelong immunity that happens within a child and is optimal to do within the first year of a child's life. It, it is way, is proven to be way better than the formulas. Essential oils are also have been used to fight pathologies, especially in the war, uh, especially uh, during a case of whooping cough. It is, is been proven to be very helpful. What they found with autism and autism children is putting, because it's a viral infection due to a suppressed immune system, it's really important that they have good probiotics and um, a ketogenic diet tends to work really well with autistic kids. It helps reduce the inflammation within the brain, it helps reduce the symptoms. It's ketosis, and so it's neuroprotective. The brain likes ketones, and it lived, it, that's its first choice, and it reduces the inflammation in the, in the brain. Healthy oils, no sugar. Sugar is one of the worst things you do because it reduces phagocytes, which creates cell death. And, uh, well, anything that has the word death in it's not good. And this phagocytosis um, guards us from uh, bacterial infections because it eats up bad bacteria. 
Um, so case in point, sugar, no, no good. We all, we all know that eating sugar now reduces the immune system by 50% for up to five hours. So that's, that's no, that's no surprise. Anytime you eat a lot of sugar, you, you can feel your body and you can feel how drained you feel and tired afterwards. They've said that vitamin E or vitamin A, I'm sorry, vitamin A is important to protect against measles. Don't forget that this immunization process, con contracting a disease early on helps you down the road to protect you from many things later in life. Like it's been proven to protect you against heart disease, coronary heart disease, mortality, all kinds of future diseases coming up, ramps up your immune system to deal with it more safely. And Dr. Susan Humphreys talks about vitamin C. Very, very important. It energizes the immune system. It reduces inflammation. It's a direct antioxidant. It, it frees up the liver to do its job. And its job is to get rid of toxins. And don't forget that collagen, really important to our joints, uh, really important for our muscle. Can't, you can't make collagen without vitamin C. So vitamin C is crucial. It's been, in the past, it's been aided to alleviate whooping cough. Um, the body knows how to facilitate, integrate these natural substances. And so acetaminophen, really be careful because that doesn't work well with testosterone um, and with boys. And, and, and so at the, at the end of the day, the biggest thing um, we, we need to keep our gut healthy for a strong immune system. It's all about the gut. Um, if you've got virial, uh, uh, virial diseases like viruses, vitamin C and A are good. If you've got antibacterial diseases, then you've got vitamin uh, D that's really important, and then doing everything you can with pre and probiotics, sporebiotics. I know that one of the the supplements that I use and every one of my clients use and I push is a sporebiotic, which is actual, it's not a probiotic, it's not a prebiotic, it's actual spores of good bacteria that are implanted in your, your gut. And I sell that on my uh, website, balancebond.com. I just reduced the price during the pandemic because it's so important for keeping our immune system super, super strong. I haven't had one person not that took it not have at least five things that they noticed that were very helpful to them, their body and um, and their feeling feeling of feeling better. Um, so going forward, Dr. Thomas says the consensus was that kids that were unvaccinated were far healthier. Um, then meaning had very little, um, office visits and sicknesses versus people that were vaccinated. Now he has about 13,000 patients and has been in this business for, as a pediatrician for God, 30 years. So mm, I, yeah, I guess he would know he does have a good database and what they found, Dr. Humphreys did a study and her data showed that. Before World War II, they took children between the ages of 1 to 19 years of age. Research, the research showed no antibiotics and no vaccinations. The, the mortality 
rate decreased on its own. And the reasons were um, the, of the, the reduced, reduced mortality rate from these infectious, infectious diseases were improved sanitation, improved the quality of water, better nutrition, and better living conditions. And that's all it was. So environment, good food, good water, and sanitation. Pharmaceuticals don't keep the body strong. And I will end on that note. Uh, we'll proceed in our next, one, next podcast. We'll talk about the, um, the state law, the Senate Bill 277. Uh, as it relates to the public health legislation with kids. We'll talk about the Healthy People Act of 2020, which is what's, what's coming in the future for us. Let's give a, I'll give you a little preview of what's been said. And so thank you for your time today. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for sharing education that we need to know to make an uh, informed decision, whatever your decision is whether you're for vaccinations or not vaccinations, at least get the information to know. And that's all I ask. Have a great rest of your day and I appreciate your time.